This week on Not Just Another Sex Podcast. If your 13-year-old daughter asked for a vibrator, would you give it to them? Um, ultimately, we said yes, we mm -hmm. would. Even if you don't want to give the child a vibrator, but are you suggesting fingers or is it just a hell no, you should be outside playing, we shouldn't even be talking about that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people also couldn't get past the, what do you mean 13? So mind you, we're not getting any answers. Now we're talking about the age. So we're talking about all the things that's wrong with this question, but really it's all the things that make you uncomfortable than actually the question that's been asked. And the thing is, is that 13 isn't too young to talk about when a young lady starts her cycle. We've usually already went through the sex ed class. Like 13 is really old to go through the sex ed condom banana class mm -hmm. at school, right? You've already came home with that permission slip and you had to watch that. We've already had the topic of don't bring no boys in my house and you better not get pregnant. You've already scared the hell out of them with the chlamydia pictures and don't get pregnant. When they're looking at you like, what? How is that going to happen anyway? How mom? is that going to happen anyway when you have not discussed sex? And even if you've discussed sex, you've talked about not giving your stuff to a boy and not letting no boy have it. And if you're going to do it, come to me so we can take you to get birth control. That is, these are the only questions. Mm -hmm. But at what point does someone sit you down and talk about pleasure and orgasms, the, the goal of having sex? They only sit down and eventually allow you to have children. Hey, sugar, you're listening to Not Just Another Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Samaya Burton. I've been a hands-on sexual educator for over five years through my company, Sexual Essentials. So I can tell you that being an adult absolutely has its perks. But now let's talk about just how hard adulting really is. Whether you're healing trauma, building healthy relationships, or figuring out how to create your own happiness, the truth is you may feel like you don't know what you're doing, but you're here now and that's enough. Welcome back to Not Just Another Sex Podcast. My name is Samaya and I'm your host for today. And we have an amazing episode lined up for you. But before we get into that, we are just going to get right into reviews. Um, the reviews, as you know, let everybody know how you feel about us. Um, it's spreading the word. Um, you can rate the podcast, review it. You can leave comments under the, the reels. You can repost, watch the YouTube videos, leave comments. If you're tired of hearing about it, then do it for me. Like Blue Funhouse did. Um, they titled this Informative. I learn something new every week. I've always loved Samaya on other platforms, and I'm so happy she finally has her own podcast. I'm learning to love my body more and more. Thank you. Yay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Honestly, every time somebody's like, you know, you've always been on other shows, I always feel like like it, it really was a long time coming. So I'm um, proud of myself still for doing this every time. Um, but I am not here alone today. I have an amazing guest here with you, um, for you rather, uh, Coriel. Hi. In the building. How you doing? Girl, you got me down to this studio, girl. I'm nervous, but I'm here. <laughs> so here we are. Yes. Tell the people who you are. Introduce yourself. Yes. So I am Coriel, um, serial entrepreneur. You name it, I've done it. If it's legal, I have probably sold it. I have been an entrepreneur for over a decade. Started out as a classroom teacher, um, taught second and third grade. And I host my own show called Girls Stop Playing, where it's all about helping black women stop playing with their potential and start working for what they want in life and love. So I'm all things blackity black, black, black. We Happy love to, to hear it. Love to hear it. Um, she is referring to us shooting today at the Something Extraordinary Content House. Um, this is my content house here in Atlanta, 15 minutes from the airport, um, where you are able to do podcasting, creating commercials, um, movie, film, all different types of things, as well as um, event hosting, panel discussion hostings, and so much more. And it's beautiful. Thank you. You're thank welcome. you. Um, today, we are actually shooting on the Rust Wall set. Um, you've seen us shoot on here before, as well as Know For Sure, Be Simone and Megan, Ashley's podcast, as well as my own and a host of others. Um, but today, we have a new rendition um, just to showcase some of the things that we do here, which is um, providing spaces, but also creating spaces. So if there's a set and you're like, you know what, I don't want to shoot on that one. It's, I see it all the time or I want something different. Um, you can reach out to us and we'll assist you in creating your own custom set with our interior designer who actually did the house and she will actually work with you to create something special or even for, you know, photography and whatever else. So mm -hmm. we do all kinds of things. So shout out to Naya, our interior designer. 
Um, and now that we have got paying the bills out of the way <laughs> and you followed us on Instagram at SE Content Come House, on. now we can get into the show. Let's get into it. <laughs> All right. So my show starts off with an adult tip of the day, um, because before you know it, you kind of just look up and we're the adults in the room. Ooh, it happened you know? fast. Yes. And we're the ones that's responsible for like life not being shitty. Um, and so um, today's adult tip of the day um, is a, oh, well, with that being said, giving you a little tip to put in the day, whether it's my therapist says or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but our adult tip of the day is a man who doesn't take responsibility for his shadows in a relationship to his woman is still a boy searching for unconditional love from his mother where there are no consequences for his actions. Charles Missy. Um, and I picked this for the adult tip of the day because we are both boy moms. Yeah. Um, how many do you have? Two. Okay. Seems like a whole lot, but it's only two of them. It's only <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was wondering, as a boy mom, um, I have a son um, who's six, one, um, and I wanted to know, as a boy mom, what are the parts you feel that you play as a mother to avoid Hearing things like this where people think that um, some and not think, but we've we all have um, some sort of parental trauma. And um, just like it's always said about women having their daddy issues and, you know, but also talking about the men having their own mommy issues. What are the things that you feel have, you know, you you take responsibility for as a mother and in doing now to make sure that your boys are not, you know, in, Girl, that number? in therapy talking about me. That is like in the back of my head. I don't want to say on a daily basis, like I'm obsessing over it, but it's yeah. definitely a constant. It's a constant and a consistent um, conversation that I have within myself because I'm in therapy talking about my mother. So, so often <laughs> that it's like, man, I don't want, like life presents enough issues yeah. that you might end up like therapy is not when something's wrong, right? It's to help things continue to be right. So chances are you're probably going to end up in therapy. I just don't want to be like the topic of conversation. And so I am very um, intentional about the things that I am speaking to my children, even though they're two and four months. So they're not at the age of understanding completely just yet, but just being intentional about um, the words that I speak, not only to them, but around them, the way that I interact with their father, um, all of those things really, really matter. And, and I think that we are the first generation, though, that really is taking into consideration yeah. how intentional we, we are, um, we should be, I'll say. Absolutely. Um, I totally agree with that. Um, I feel that um, it's the last part of this sentence where it says, um, from his mother, where there are no consequences for his actions. And that's the part. I realize that... Um, the boys definitely will, you know, try to get over on the moms. And um, we do have an unconditional love. But I think that's the thing, learning how to um, criticize or offer help in a loving and gentle way, um, in the way my son needs without avoiding, and not necessarily about the consequences, but not avoiding it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I can, I can critique in love. I can offer support in love and in kindness and not disrespect my child. And, you know, when they talk about this gentle parenting thing, we're talking about respecting children. Right. You know, um, I can teach and respect my child at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is the part that I make sure I don't get lost up in, no matter how much he make my little heart flutter. Honey, like that part. You and know. my son is literally two, and he already knows like what to ask me versus what to ask dad. Mm. He'll come and whisper to me something that he knows daddy <laughs> is gonna say no to. So it's like he's he already knows mm -hmm. that he can do that. And then I even was reading something that was saying like you know you get so frustrated with your kids because they will go off into the world and be perfectly well behaved, and then when they get around you, sometimes they're cutting up. Yeah, and it was it was like the logic behind that is that you are truly their safe space. Yeah. So they, they know that you're going to love them regardless. They know that it's unconditional. They know that you're going to accept them and forgive them and all of those things. And that kind of changed my perception on when I see him cutting up, am I getting so frustrated? It's like, no, he knows I'm his safe space. And mm -hmm. that, you know, yes, he needs consequences, yeah, but saving some space for I him. am saving some space. I have capacity for him to learn and grow and me nurturing that process versus trying to force that process to look yeah. how I want it to look. Yeah, guiding him to how we respond to our emotions versus yep. saying, no, don't do it this right. way, do it exactly this way versus um, just, you know, why are you feeling that way and asking the questions and getting used to those types of conversations. Yep. Um, I'm very aware, uh, my child is very vocal. You know, he has 
extreme boundaries and he is very vocal about what he wants and doesn't want and what he doesn't like and I'm grateful for that even though it can be difficult sometimes I'm very grateful it's gonna come in handy yeah he's able to communicate and I'm just like okay I don't want to um not equip my child for what life really is like you know um whether I'm you know whether it's because you have a girl or because you have a son and I think that we miss the details when we Mm -hmm. and we can tell that someone missed the details if you've ever dated men that part and yeah and they they deserve they deserve more than that. Um, so um, next we're going to get into our Twitter talk, which is um, what are some things about oh goodness I keep going like I know that y'all be watching the show but I'll be forgetting <laughs> that like sometimes y'all new here so welcome to everybody that's new. <laughs> I was going to remember to explain um, our Twitter talk is where we just talk about anything that could be controversial or um, where we have a difference of opinions or anything that maybe has went viral or just. One of those reoccurring conversations mm-hmm. um, because black Twitter is where a lot of great conversation. Yes. And Look, the life is life and <laughs> life is happening on black Twitter. Life is happening on black Twitter and not just from the political standpoint, but right. from the ignorant standpoint mm-hmm. and the best memes ever. So um, what are some things about being a boy mom that change your views about men as a whole? And like, what are some of those views that have changed for you? So um, I think for sure, again, kind of going back to what we just talked about in as a woman who has dated men, you know when a man has mommy issues. Yeah. Or you know when a man has never had any consequences because his mother has coddled him. I've dated men that have exhibited those traits. And there is almost, I don't want to say there's nothing worse because there there's plenty worse <laughs> than like a mama's boy, yeah. right? There's plenty worse than a man with mommy issues. But it's like hard to to deny it like they're gonna come out you're gonna notice it's gonna it's gonna you know come up in some way at some point throughout that relationship and me just knowing that I want to set my sons up for success and their future wives up for success um I think it's just again like a constant conversation that I'm having with myself of me not wanting to be what I saw and experience what I saw and experienced and I was actually it's so crazy because the power of the word, right? We all have that one Zodiac that it's like, yo, I'm never dating the Zodiac again. Not Aquarius. only am I never dating him again, I married an Aquarius, okay? And I, I love my Aquarius, okay? But for me, it was Pisces. It was mm. Pisces. I am a Libra. I am not a super mm. emotional person. Pisces are very emotional. And so it was just like, he was aggravating me. I wasn't, it, it didn't work out, right? Clearly. Clearly, it did not work out. But I was to the point where I told my husband, like, I calculated the days, like, do not get me pregnant at this time. I don't want a Pisces. I'm like, me and Pisces, it doesn't work. We don't get along. What did I have? Mm. But a Pisces. Yes. But a Pisces. And so the character traits of, like, the emotional side and the, it's, I'm starting to see it, but it's making me, just give him grace for his development, his uniqueness, and and what he has, like wh- who he who he is versus me judging him for that because he's my baby, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think that it's like, okay, God is gonna give you exactly what you need yeah. um, to kind of combat those biases that I clearly had from my own experience. So, and I feel like if anything, it's probably the judgment that you have for other Pisces in the world because at the end of the day, a mother, you know, at least should. You know, just always love her child. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, it's going to be like, okay, this one is the exception. But the next time you meet a Pisces, it's going to be like, actually, I do understand you just that a part, little bit yep, more. Yep. Um, so I feel like the focus isn't even what it does for your for him, mm-hmm. but more so what it does for the other Pisces yep. folks that come through. Um, for me, I've really learned that when men say they don't know how to communicate or whatever, we're talking about it because we're talking about them in a judgment way. Like, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to communicate or, yeah, you don't know how to communicate, but we're not realizing, do you know how dangerous it is that they actually can't communicate and that they're only taught anger or happiness Mm -hmm. or sadness, if even that? Um, And a lot of times, they're not even allowed to fully feel it because it's like man up here or man up there. Get over it. You know, get over it, which is, it's literally like a disability. If you, imagine if somebody just dropped you off in China, are you, how, if you couldn't communicate, then what you're using all the words that you know that exist. You're using every word that you have and yet still no one can understand you. Mm-hmm. And so what I realized is that um, they're not. it's not always just someone did something to them and that's how they are. My son has difficulty with communicating certain things. Like yes, he's very vocal and he explains a lot way more, but I'm talking about some of those key things. Um, 
I've learned that I've watched him when he was like taking a shower, not, not watched him, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When I'm giving him a shower or whatever, and I've watched how he doesn't want to um, bother me by saying that it's too hot or too cold. And so I'm like, you need to speak up, baby. You got to let me know if something's wrong. And so I started doing this thing where I would put it either way too hot mm -hmm. or way too cold. Make him speak up. And make him speak up. And then when he asks, it gives me an, a planned opportunity to say, Oh, no problem. Thanks for letting me know and affirming him through those, you know, because he he has that issue and he hasn't been here long enough for anyone to even traumatize him on speaking up, mm -hmm. you know, like and I'm not saying that we haven't traumatized him at all or anything like that. I'm saying that we've been so intentional up until this point that we haven't had any difficulties with right. communicating mm -hmm. with him that where did he pick that up at? And that this would be a problem or this This is a thing yeah. as a young man that he just already has, that he's already developed or whatever, you know? And so it's like when men say that, it's not always because someone messed them up. This is something they just really are not good at. Yep. Um, and so just, and also the way they internalize how you speak to them. I can praise my little boy all day. And I'm talking about, you look so handsome, da-da-da-da-da. But if I get on him about something, it looks like he's... Feels like he disappointed over. me. Yeah. And not even like he's scared or thinks he's going to get in trouble. But when I tell him I'm disappointed, like he looks really, really sad. And so it's just like even watching how hard we drive home different points. Like sometimes it's okay to just leave it at that and not go on and on and right. on and on. Because with my son, I see that that can hurt his feelings. Mm -hmm. Or yes, you can discipline, but also are you overdoing it? Just being very conscious of how long it lasts and not... Punishing twice and you or know what I punishing mean? for the wrong reasons or I mean, I tweeted like last week, like the true test of a mother is not having a tantrum when your child has a tantrum. Yeah, because that's really what a lot of this gentle parenting stuff is. It's like you not, you still remaining the adult. Yeah. When the child is behaving like a child versus yeah. a lot of times or sometimes I won't say a lot of times, but sometimes, especially with older generations, it wasn't seen as them acting like a child, but they were responding in the way that wasn't necessarily appropriate for the situation. It wasn't necessarily right. the adult response to a child's behavior. It was the adult is mad at you and yeah. my response is out of anger. My response is out of something other than redirection or correction or, yeah. you know, a, a loving, I guess, response. So I think, too, a lot of adults with issues and with trauma are raising and parenting the next generation, but we haven't even healed our own issues. So Absolutely. of course we're not gonna recognize it or admit it when we see those issues starting to come up in our kids because we're dealing with the same stuff. Absolutely. And if we acknowledge that, then it's like, okay, well, where did they get that from? Mm, absolutely. Um, I definitely agree with that because women um, have that problem now when men come to them with an issue. Like we're talking about grown women now. A man will come to them with an issue and they and the man gets the response of, them flipping out on them and returning the situation. So um, watching how a woman mothers her child says a lot about how she's going to um, treat you overall when when things aren't good or when things aren't bad. Like watching how people deal with other people when the emotion they're feeling isn't happiness or, you know, whatever um, is really important. So um, I know I do a, a <laughs> like you said, almost obsessed with it, like a very... Um, particular job with just checking in like with my son and knowing that yes he's going to have some issues with something one day but the, the stuff that I can avoid right let's just avoid. I'm at least gonna do what at I least can do to. I'm gonna at least do everything that I can um and I truly feel like that that just shows up in how I do everything my career and everything that affects him which is ultimately everything that has to do with everything me, yeah. right so um thank you for chiming in on that the number one question I'm constantly being asked as a sexual educator is do you have any tips for and then the topics range, threesomes, oral sex, vaginal odors, not really having the desire, how to have your first orgasm, how to make it harder, you name it. But what they all have in common is none of these things are things that just need a tip. Let's be honest, when is the last time just the tip has ever been enough? Some topics need teachings before tips. Outside of the beginning, a lot of people can't remember the last time they've been intentional for more than one song. And that's why your intimate life simply has not changed. You're not serious. So my tip is to start being intentional and commit to being committed to your sex life. Think about it. This page is free. It's over 400 posts right here. My Patreon isn't free, but it is only six cents a video and it's over 250 classes there and counting all there for $15. Nothing is $15 anymore. So again, my tip is to commit. 
to being committed because you do have the support. And even if remembering your intimate life isn't your strong suit, it is mine. By committing to being a part of my community, you're deciding to be intentional outside of some tips. So please check out the caption, the link in my bio, and don't forget it takes zero dollars to repost this to your stories. Thank you so much. Um, so since you um, do curate, <laughs> because you do curate conversations for the culture on your own show, um, I wanted to talk to you about um, other mothering topics today. Okay. Um, and with this being not just another sex podcast, I definitely wanted to come at you from that perspective, yes. um, which is not just another conversation about sex, um, but a conversation about pleasure and how that shows up when it's time to talk to your children about um, sex and STDs and pregnancy and just really making them aware of their body changing usually, which happens around um, puberty and, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. Um, so as a woman, I want to know, like, what was your experience like with um, like being introduced to sex? Like, was it because like you your period came on or did you have the conversation before that? Or was it because you had to come home with the permission slip and they were like, oh, I guess we do got to talk about it now. Like, what do you remember about you that? You know what? I don't, as you're asking me, I'm like, what was my first? I don't remember ever having a conversation like, okay, sit down. We're going to have a conversation. I don't mm. remember ever to the, to this day. I don't remember having a conversation <laughs> that was about wow. anything really. I mean, I remember. So, so to answer your question, I don't know where my first like recollection came from. But I do remember the first time I got in trouble for something sex related. Mm. And that was me being fast in middle school, writing a note. You know, we used to origami them notes, right? Them papers. <laughs> Twisted all Twisted up. Twisted them all up. Okay. Wrote this note to this little boy that I liked and said like some really inappropriate stuff in this note. Okay. I'm in sixth grade or seventh grade or <laughs> sixth or seventh grade. Somehow the note gets picked up. Oh Lord. <laughs> read, sent home, right? Mm. Sent home. Read by my parents. My daddy asked me to read it out loud. See, I mean, why did like, I have to go to this part? <laughs> so this this is my first recollection of like what sex, you know, not necessarily what sex was, but like your my first parents, conversation. Yeah, like with my your parents, parents' response to something sex related with me, I guess. Oh my goodness. But we but even then, after I was saying all this inappropriate stuff, what I was about to do, girl, scared as hell, I wasn't gonna do none of the stuff, okay? But just, just talking. <laughs> that still, as a mom now, I'm like, okay, that would have been a perfect opportunity to have a conversation, but there yeah. still was no conversation. I just got like put on punishment. I got grounded for. So you, you know, don't even know why. You just know you weren't supposed, know to, I be wasn't supposed it. to be saying that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! So they just ignored. They was just like, "Fuck it, we just gonna ignore this all together." Yeah, don't even worry much. about that. We just yeah, go pretty much. Which <laughs> again, like once you become a parent, you start like really like reviewing in your head your how you were parented. Yeah, and for sure, that would have been alarming for me. Like first of all, I'm gonna assume that yeah. you're having sex now. I'm gonna we need assume to have a that real you, conversation. We need to talk about this. Like, what are you? What does this mean? What are we doing? What did you plan? You know, all of those things. And no, it didn't happen. I just got in trouble. So for me, it was always my mom asking, are you pregnant? Which mm. was really, really weird because I wasn't even having sex. So it was just like, if you had a headache, are you pregnant? And it was like, that's all you care about. What? Huh? Like yeah. it, that, that was the only thing she ever cared about. Um, and for me, it was just, it was really difficult to understand um, why she cared so much about if I was pregnant, but like she was skipping over the fact that, you know, Growing up, that's all that was important to her. But like when the when the trauma comes out about like having um, a parent that is molesting you in the house, it's like, but you're still with that person. And I still to this day never, I, I, it's something that's really difficult to grasp my mind around because it's like, so the only thing you care about is if I'm not having sex, but not who's trying to have sex with me. You or know, like, having, or the, because to me, the pregnancy is just the proof of it. Right. It's like, I don't care that you're doing it, but I don't want anybody but else I don't to want know. Anything. Yes, yeah. or like the any of the repercussions or yeah, actions and things it. like that. Yeah. Um, as well as um, the extreme with the STDs, it was a lot of her putting us in classes on a Saturday. Now, mind you, imagine on a Saturday, <laughs> your mama putting you in a car and taking you down to like the local college and you got to take this like sex ed class. But it's just the worst level 12 chlamydia pictures and 
HPV this and this is what happens when like and it's just so aggressive it's so aggressive Mm -hmm. um to the point that even when I did start having sex um I didn't even know about the that that nobody had ever talked about it actually feeling good I just knew that everybody wanted to do it yeah um or even what the signs in my body were the the urges that were making me do it. Like I didn't understand those urges are feelings of pleasure. Like, you know what I mean? Something made you aroused that makes you want to keep going towards it. So there's no conversation of pleasure coming up at all. Right. Um, And I even think about like the fact of a lot of women have not felt or have had consent removed from them starting then. That's the first time that someone um, ignored their consent because you have even other women that, um, I grew up around and they um, were put on birth control before they were even having sex. Their parent was just like, I'm just going to put you on birth control. So that was the response. You, were, you reminded you on, me. Yes, you just reminded just put me. They put you on birth but control. Put me on, took me to the doctor, put me on birth control, but there still was no conversation. And you weren't even having sex. So now your body is sex. full of these hormones that's now making you more agitated or emotional. And there's still no explanation of any of these feelings because we're not talking about puberty at all. Right. We're just talking about... We're skipping over all of that and like don't, but don't have get pregnant. Sex, don't right? bring a baby home. Yep. But then as soon as you turn an appropriate age or you get married, they're like, oh, when are you having Where's a baby? Where's the baby? Where's yeah. the baby? Where's your man? Why you, Where's the baby? That's the that's ex- this is exactly what I say around just the conversation of like relationships. Yeah. Because not only are we not talking about sex, but the conversation around relationships is usually like stay away from those boys, keep your mind on the books, like yeah. stay focused. Like boys are just a distraction. And then you're a full grown ass adult and it's like, why you can't keep no man? Well, sis, you didn't give me anything to work with. You told me stay away. You literally told me stay away, and now I'm 35, and you're and like, when are away. you getting married? Now yeah. they're staying away from me. You know, like yes. it's, it's like a what are we doing here? So I think the the overarching conversation is like we need to be talking about these things. Like yeah. there should be these dialogues need to be uh, had because we're doing the stuff. We're having sex. We're getting in relationships, and we're just doing it wrong because we don't have like a solid foundation or any source of true direction right um i also feel that the the other issue is that we're telling boys one thing and then girls another so as a woman that is my experience with being introduced to sex right um and then i know that there are people that give their sons condoms they're Mm -hmm. like if you're gonna do it you need to be wrapping it up if you're gonna do it tell me if we need to get a abortion and so it's like Y'all giving these boys these condoms. And, like, they'll be in the same household. You'll have a boy and a girl. Yep, with two different rules. With two different sets of rules. And people think that women are still making up this misogyny discussion and the way that these things are embedded in us. Even if misogyny is not your intention, it doesn't mean that the practices of what's always been normal does not reflect a level of misogyny. Mm -hmm. And it's ridiculous because who do y'all think that these little boys is using these condoms on? Who are they having sex with? Who are they having sex with? Someone's daughter. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Right. Right? Yes. Um, you also have all of these men that will be like, oh, so-and-so giving it up, so-and-so giving it up. But then when they get their daughters, they're like, no, don't have sex with these type of men. And then they turn around and then you tell these grown women, though, to trust you. So it's like, at what point are we going to acknowledge that some of this shit just is not making sense? Like, I think we started all. to acknowledge it, but I don't think we're willing to change. Because we've really had make this the conversation changes, right? about Okay, so we know uncles, that this exists. The uncles in the, in the and not... You know, the we, creepy we talk, uncles. not the creepy uncles. Oh, okay. The uncles with the boys who are like, yeah, yeah, oh, you yeah. do, you gotta pull them, you gotta, mm. you know, the conversation that boys get women. Yeah. around just how having many women you can have women. and how many and you have sex with. Them. And yeah, yeah. Uh, young blood, she looking good. You know, just the conversation that's that you, that Right, that's your <laughs> nephew, exactly. It's a totally different conversation with the women, but it's yeah. like these are, this is somebody's daughter. Yeah. Right, this is, so it's a disconnect, I think. And as you said, you could literally be in the same house and they're teaching homegirl something else. And, you know, the son next door to her is getting a totally different conversation. And she's seeing what he's allowed to do and how he's yeah. treating the girls. And, it, and and still there's no adult perspective and like wisdom being provided for any any of it. Um, absolutely. Um, I feel like you really said a word with the we're having the conversation. It's been it's been had that we know that um but guess what this is not just another sex podcast and i have not had the conversation with y'all and so that's what we're talking about today and i think that the part that is missing that i absolutely agree with is how are we going to change that and so um there is a um on an episode that i had where good moms bad choices Mm -hmm. um that's a mom podcast that's focused around um women still allowing themselves to be women make mistakes and explore and different things like that even after becoming a mother whether you're married or not Mm -hmm. right 
Um, and they were on my show, and um, we had an advice segment where it was asking that if your 13-year-old daughter asked for a vibrator, would you give it to them? And in our response and in the clip, um, ultimately we said, yes, we would. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, a lot of people don't understand that clips are edited, which means like we did, you take an entire episode and you pull clips from it and you match it up so it sounds like one sentence, so the sentence reads crazy regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, in 60 seconds, you're never going to hear the actual conversation that was had. Um, but even after hearing the conversation, there was still a lot of people ignoring the actual issue of even if you don't want to give the child a vibrator, which, of course, we mentioned on the episode, we're not saying you have to give the child a vibrator, but are you suggesting fingers or is it just a hell no, you should be outside playing, we shouldn't even be talking about that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people also couldn't get past the, what do you mean 13? So mind you, we're not getting any answers or like, and not that we didn't get any. We got, oh, we got so many. We turned the comments <laughs> off on every real, which I had, to, I had other shit to do mm-hmm. and then check my all day. Um, but ultimately it was like, now we're talking about the age. So we're talking about all the things that's wrong with this question, but really it's all the things that make you uncomfortable mm-hmm. about the question, actually the question that's been asked. And the thing is, is that 13 isn't too young to talk about when a, a young lady starts her cycle. We've usually already went through the sex ed class. Like 13 is really old to go through the sex ed condom banana class mm-hmm. at school, right? You've already came home with that permission slip and you had to watch that. And then we've already had the topic of don't bring no boys in my house and you better not get pregnant. And some of them, right, Mm -hmm. some of them have already developed breasts and their butts are changing and they're already getting catcalls by the older men like, oh, you're going to be fine when you get older and all of that. They're going through all of these things. You've already scared the hell out of them with the chlamydia pictures and don't get pregnant. Mind you, your child probably ain't even having sex, but you told them don't push a watermelon out of a pee hole and they're looking at you like, what? How is that going to happen anyway? How is that going to happen anyway when you have not discussed sex and even if you've discussed sex you've talked about not giving your stuff to a boy and not letting no boy have it and if you're going to do it come to me so we can take you to get birth control that is these are the only questions mm-hmm. but at what point does someone sit you down and talk about pleasure and orgasms the the goal of having sex they only sit down and eventually allow you to have children I don't think anybody's ever going to have that conversation. You. I think you're going to have that conversation with your children. You're the one. You, I think it's going to be you. If, if anybody, it's going to be you. But ser- because you're comfortable with the conversation, most of our parents, they could not have dared have that conversation with their parents. Right. So they can't even imagine themselves having the conversation with us. I cannot, you know, I sat here and just talked about how my mom didn't say anything, but oh my God, God forbid she would have. How uncomfortable. How scary would, and uncomfortable how scary that would have been. and disturbing. Like, that would just be outrageous right? to me, right? I, Thinking back, that does not negate the fact that these are still human behaviors, things right. that are happening. But what do you do if you are the mom who knows that these things are happening, but you you truly are not comfortable with that conversation? Right. What do you do? You turn on your podcast? Like, what is the resource? I, and that's what this episode is about, okay, right? Okay. So the resource is, first of all, a lot of us addressing sex to our children starts way before the sex, way before the puberty. It starts when the first time you walk in on them touching themselves or, and you got the, the boys. So if they ain't already pulling it, tell some look, mommy, look what it can do. And looking like an Girl, elephant don't speak trunk. That on me. We have not like, started that that's, yet. Please. Let's say, if they have one, I'm telling you, that's when they realize it wiggles, like it's over, right? So I got to knock before I walk in the bathroom. But also, even even the first time you're changing a boy's diaper and you're like, yeah. oh my gosh, yeah. in the morning and you're like, my kid like is a human, yeah. right? It's the watching your facial reactions. It's watching how you gasp. It's saying, hey, babe, if you want to if you want to touch your body, then make sure that you ask for, um, you know, make sure you ask for some privacy so I can close the door. It's it's being Ooh, political girl, about you it. You are so mature. Wow. It's about it's respecting I them. I don't want to disrespect my kids' body. I love this you know? for our children because <laughs> we did not get this. Can I, you can you imagine your parents <laughs> doing that for you? If no, you need some privacy, no. I I you know what's so crazy is that I realized I grew up with not not only any um, real charge over my own body and any control over my own body but realizing that my parents were okay with my dad touching me but not okay with a boy my age that I consented to even if I'm under the age of 17 my 14 year old brain and his 14 year old brain and I don't want y'all thinking 14 I, I waited to 16 but that's for you know nothing you know how we used to be like hold on I hold on, wait, 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 waited wait, all the way to you know but you know I I consented with another person of my age 
that bothered you and made you so mad more than it made not only your husband, but my father or a married man more than you were upset about these things going on. You know what I mean? Have you, have you like, I, I think that a lot of women, like you just said, know that something was done wrong, but we just continue doing it the same way. We know that our mom or dad didn't tell us about this or tell us about that. And then we watch, but more than that, Sometimes I think that older women, particularly, at least from my experience, because I can't always speak on every relationship with a man, um, watches women go through the same struggles that they did at this age. And I, because I also own Sexual Essentials, I teach these classes about orgasms. And there are so many women that have children that have never had an orgasm in my class. There are so many women that have been married for over 10 years or been having sex for longer than 10 years that have never had an orgasm. So you're telling me that you do know that pleasure exists and you're in a class to fix it for yourself now. And you're still telling me you're not sure when we're gonna have this conversation around pleasure. So you're gonna watch these young girls not know anything about an orgasm and you're excited that I introduce you to orgasm via masturbation. But we can't give a vibrator to a 13 year old. And my whole, discussion about this is that if they're 13 you've already did all this stuff that is sexual mm -hmm. you don't have to give them a toy you can just even tell them that the ultimate goal of sex even is pleasure or that you may not have the mental capacity or the emotions to understand this grown-up act and even though you're going to feel those urges that are going to make you want to try different things mm -hmm. how about we try self-pleasure first because it can make you feel better before you make a decision that you may regret later how far do you go with that conversation? You know, um, I think it, I think it depends because I, there are professionals out here now that do sex education. I'm not the first one to have this conversation, but it's not very many of us. Or it's broken women talking to broken women mm -hmm. and not broken as if like everybody ain't healed. But sometimes you got women that don't know what they're talking about talking to. Um, and also a lot of my content is just focused towards adults. So am I saying put your kid in my class first? As a 12 year old, no. But if she's 16 or 17, absolutely. Because she's cursing with her friends and things like that. And it needs to be engaging. My classes make adults uncomfortable. That's why they do have some drinks involved. And that's why I do talk just like we're talking now, like she's like, let me take that's a sip. That's why we do have drinks involved. <laughs> that's how she's like, oh, that does help. <laughs> um, but it's about um, creating the environment for someone else to feel comfortable and just constantly keep remembering how other people disrespected our own mm -hmm. sexuality. And but when we don't consider those little things, such as somebody saying, "Oh, don't touch yourself," we don't consider that being even just a little bit violated, that we really don't like it, we just accept it. Mm -hmm. When really, that's the part of you that starts shying away from touching yourself. Even as, even in my marriage, um, and this is a past marriage, clearly, um, I was masturbating one time and he just happened to walk in and the look on his face just made me feel like I was doing something dirty or nasty. And yeah, I'm loud enough to stand up for myself and say, hey, I didn't appreciate that. That didn't make me feel very good about myself or it made me feel like I was doing something wrong. Everybody doesn't have the words or even mm -hmm. the courage or that type of relationship to, to even say something like that. And so I feel like it is my job to not just have the conversations that we keep having, but have the solutions that, that follow part. and the resources. That you know part. what I mean? So taking the, the full episode to start off with some foreplay and talk about our contributions as moms and then easing us through it. It's having a conversation that's not a brutal conversation, but a kind one. And one that says that, hey, I may not be comfortable experiencing your sexuality in that way, but here are some books that you can read. Here are some trusted people that I'm okay with you listening to. Or here's a friend of mine that teaches this sex ed. And you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. give me a few months, I will have a teenage beginner Come sex on. ed okay. class out. I'll give you know? a few years because I won't have a teenage daughter you for know? a very long time. <laughs> that way we could just keep adding, changing. <laughs> but I think it's just important to acknowledge that our kids are people. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like really be gentle parents, not gentle parents with for the claws. Or yes. for Instagram. The for pictures. Instagram. Something you said, though, too, that I want to just highlight, because that was for me, and I'm, I'm thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the facial expressions. Yeah. You can, I could be, like, my face is real loud. I it's real, My face I'm, is real loud. And that is something that I know that I have to be conscious of, because the words I'm saying might not be judgmental, but that very first, mm, you know, the yeah. very first face I made when, when you said whatever, that could definitely you know, make you not comfortable enough yeah. to have a conversation. So that's something for sure that I have to think about. And I appreciate you mentioning that. Oh, thank you. Um, I My sons appreciate you mentioning <laughs> Hey, you guys, it's your host, Samaya. And for those of you who didn't know, I'm also the CEO and founder of Sexual Essentials 
One of my favorite parts about building that brand was creating a learning platform that has over 250 workshops, interviews, and so much more. Some of my favorite components are the sex position demos. Yes, you heard that right demos. They're featuring some people that you may already know. Good Moms Bad Choices has demonstrated some positions for us, as well as Dara. You remember her from our first episode. Those are some of my faves, as well as the Lingam and Yoni massages. These are great additions to add to your oral loving for your partner. Yes, I said oral loving. I'm trying to keep it clean, guys. Anyways, they are great additions and a great way to spice things up. Outside of our masterclasses, add one of these on to your normal routine and really wow your partner. Click the link below or in any of the links in our bio and sign up for our courses today. All right, now back to the show. My son is like so comfortable in his own space. Like he like he is, but I think that um, those conversations about sex are not just about the vibrator part, right? Like that's a very aggressive part of the conversation and just masturbation. But even just talking about the other, like you said, where does that start? So we start off with the look, right? That starts at when they're young, right? Mm-hmm. But also um, even when I watch women say, oh, or, or people say, let boys be boys, right? That's another place that it starts. So for example, my son has been here recording with us all weekend. Um, and he has this thing about abs now. He's like, I have abs and I do push-ups. And he wants everyone to know. But he was walking around and raising up his shirt and showing people, look at my abs. And I had to pull him to the side and I said, hey, babe, you know, I think your abs are super cool. But make sure you ask someone if they're okay with seeing your abs first. Do you want to see my abs before, the, before you show them your body? Because your body is, you know, really special, okay? And he was like, okay. And all day we heard, do you want to see my abs? And <laughs> almost everybody in here has seen his abs <laughs> and, and him do push-ups. Um, but that's the thing. At some point, whatever he's feeling is changing. Like we watched that when pretty women walk through the door, he, he doesn't know why he's gravitating towards them. And I'm not going to say, oh, he's flirting, which everybody says about these boys. Um, but I do acknowledge that some things are changing. And at the very first point, before you show somebody, because guess what? There is a grown man in my DMs that just showed me parts of his body that I did not ask for. It's the same thing. It's his mother and did not have the it, conversation. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that, oh, that's not the same thing. But that's where it starts. Right. That's where it starts. And the reason that people are so taken back is because we're waiting so long to bring the conversation up initially. He had no problem with what I was saying. And the next time we have to have a different conversation, he's used to being given criticism, you know what I mean? And support without me shaming his body right. or disgusting him about his own body. Or embarrassing him. Embarrassing or him. Any or of the things any, our parents did. And yeah. any of that. Because reading that letter out loud is outlandish. Girl. <laughs> I can still, like me telling my husband about it is just like the shame. Like, oh my God, I could just. Uh, yeah. um, that conversation of even just us as women being fast at a young age. Like I've realized I hate the word. Um, fast. It makes me feel like, um, what does that mean? Like, am I chasing around like a little boy? Or who's chasing me though? Because if I'm fast, it's a creepy uncle out here. It's somebody who don't have no business even look in my direction. That's the only person. That's what you're referencing when you call uh, a girl woman fast. Yeah. It wasn't until um, my 30th birthday that I wore red nail polish Mm -hmm. and I got the hot red nail polish. There was nail polish, the lipstick, all of the whore things that we were taught. Like whores do that. You know, like you don't. Also, you don't want to look too grown. You don't want to look too grown. But there is no, there isn't an amount of grown that you can look for a grown man that's not attracted to children. To just magically just be interested because you got. Yeah, oh, you have on red nail polish. Ooh, that's making me think that you're a grown woman. I will, we were getting recorded, so you know. Um, But that's that's what I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. those things like that. Um, And I I think it's just very important to call out those things when they're happening and, you know, and just be very aware of it. Um, Are there any things that you want to share that you want to do differently um, with um, with your sons with sex and pleasure, especially because we're not just talking about women? And how we receive pleasure. Now we're talking about our sons being responsible for tending to other people's needs, so someone else's needs. So not necessarily in the sense of pleasure. I am definitely going to leave that up to his father, okay, for sure, okay? However, there is a conversation around um, consent, I think, that's important to have with young boys. And there was a clip from someone's podcast about... Um, like if it's not a hell yes, then it's a, then Absolutely. it's a hell no. It's a hell no. I and live that. that we live by that now as grown adults. Yeah. I have not always lived by that. Yeah. I know. Kinda. I, I mean. I kind of want to do it. 
not even that. It's like, I don't want you to be mad at me. You know, women mm. have sex with men for so many reasons other than I, wanting, other than wanting to, to have sex with men. And, and I think that the conversation isn't had with men, though. Yeah. So they don't even know that this is a possibility. They don't even know that, you know, when when you... I, I saw another clip of someone, like, when if a woman is screaming, it doesn't necessarily mean it feels good. Yeah. Men don't have... Because they haven't been taught these things, there's they ain't no... They have nothing inside them. Like, and they, there's they don't no know. other option yeah. other than this, is, this feels real good. That's why she's... Been, you know, so it's just yeah. a disconnect in the, the communication, communication, I think. So being able to... Have that conversation from a woman's standpoint with my sons, I think is very important. Um, and just talking to them about valuing themselves too. Yeah. Because I think that, you know, my husband is is going to prayerfully do a great job of not being that voice of go get as many girls as yeah. you can, right? Prayerfully, because he say it. But then, you know, they still be looking at him. <laughs> when you ain't in the room, what you saying? <laughs> what are you saying then? So, so prayerfully, he's, we're on the same page with that. But I think... Not like running through as many women as you can. Not right. thinking that being that makes man. you right. Being a picky man, making a woman not necessarily work for it, but knowing that you have something of value too, and you're just not out Absolutely. here spreading yourself thin um, either. So that to me that is, you is what I think. Uh, yeah, my my contribution, I guess, to the conversation will be absolutely. Um, I I do feel that the conversation needs to be had with women as well because I've had conversations with women and you've heard people's stories where they didn't even know that you're allowed to change your mind or what if we've already you know, gotten started it's too our, late it's already too late as well as just because you agreed to something and you may not be saying that someone did something wrong it doesn't mean that it was still consensual like sometimes you can say you know what I I know I particularly can say that I've had sex with someone before and I did not want to I did not say yes and I played along but ultimately to get the hell up out of there you know so right. I could be done with it how many times it. have women had sex for fear of not having fear sex fear of not having sex but we say that, oh, I've never been raped or I've never done this. If you, if someone has, you know, if you didn't consent to what was happening to your body, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a conversation that's very difficult for women because we are taught to not turn our man down. And as a woman who's had a child, I know about like my sex drive changing and things like that. And so a lot of women do it anyway. And it's mm -hmm. like, oh, well, it's not rape because it's not my child and it's not my, and it's my not husband. My husband. Um, and it's not rape because... You know, I said yes, but I'm saying, are you doing it to yourself? Are you providing an unconsensual conversation to your own body, doing something before you're truly ready because you feel like you're supposed to? Yeah. And so really having that autonomy over your own body goes from so many different perspectives. And it's difficult for us to see them because we're not even acknowledging the things that we're going through mm -hmm. ourselves because we think that we're good about everything. We don't even think that it's something to address because we haven't even acknowledged that it's affected us in a in a negative way. And I think a lot of women have sex out of like an unspoken expectation as well. Um, another conversation that comes up is around like getting flued out, right? Yeah. It's like, if you <laughs> get flued out, pussy? <laughs> is that a guarantee? Is it on a platter? Is like, is that a part of the, is that a part of it? And in my opinion, Based on the internet rules, that I mean, you know, the internet got its own like laws the and government laws and, all, and all the things. Based on the internet currency. society, it comes with it. It's like a flight. You give me the flight, I'm gonna give you the sex. Like that is the exchange. That's, That's so the wild unspoken. To me. It's wild to me too because that is that is not my reality. That is not my experience. That is not a rule or a law that I subscribe to. But if does. men have this thought. And women have this thought and here we are together, but we're not communicating our true expectations and society or the Internet says that this is what's what. How do how do we get to the root? Like, get what's the, the solution? How do we get on the same page? I honestly feel like there are so many small conversations that are being missed that by the time the conversation comes up, you don't know how to have it because you're trying to have multiple conversations in one sitting because a problem has arised. You, you're, about nothing. you haven't talked about anything. And what mm -hmm. you're really skipping is all the boundaries. You're skipping every boundary talk. Every time something is said that you're uncomfortable with because nothing was done to you or has harmed you, you skip past it. 
If I am dealing with someone and it's something that they do that makes me uncomfortable or something that I don't want, I have to say it. It doesn't mean you did something wrong. It means that these are the instructions for how I work. Mm. You know what I mean? And that makes me uncomfortable. So, and also a lot of, a lot of people are willing to, they, they, they don't know how to date if pussy isn't on the table and not just men. I'm talking about women. They think that if they're dating, they have to have sex, but truth be told, like, or maybe this, this is probably like a 30 year old woman type thing. Like we're 31 now. Um, the, the most dating I've ever done didn't have a lot of sex involved because dating is me having options and dating multiple people, having different experience with multiple people trying to figure out. And just me personally, this pussy too good to just be giving it to Throwing everybody. Throwing it out there like You know that, what I mean? And yeah. also I like to have great sex. Just because I'm dating you doesn't mean it's going to be great. I think that when we talk about like even men providing a great experience, yes, at 13 you might not want, might not want to talk to your son about, oh, make sure that you giving her all this or whatever. But it does start with still teaching chivalry and consideration as a young boy, which is, hey, let the ladies eat in the room first. Like, And I, I promise you to this day, there is not a grown ass man that, that I've been with that didn't do those things. And it, it was just always a fulfilling experience. Because, you know, we have sex with fuck boys or... Y'all have sex with footballers, or we used to, um, <laughs> that they wouldn't even open your car door or they won't even take out the trash or they won't cook for you. And then you're expecting them to let you nut first. So maybe there's a conversation of emotional intelligence that we need to be talking about. Mm-hmm. But emotional intelligence and boundaries go hand in hand. If I can see on your face that I did something that makes you wince, I should know you did not like that. But we ignore it because oftentimes those people ignore it too. You winced and didn't tell me like, because if I do like this, I'm going to be like, oh, well, it's going to come with a declaration of, hey, this is what I had a problem with. But if I don't do that, are you just going to let me? Yeah. You know, so if I say, if I, if I don't say nothing, you just going to keep letting me look keep at you up. like that. Yeah. And yeah. that's what people do. Because if you looked at me like somebody talking crazy ass shit, baby, I'm going to switch this conversation so goddamn fast. <laughs> like we don't talk about, we ignore emotional intelligence and people's body language because they ignore their own body language. Is that language. a man thing? No, I think it's definitely women as well. Because that I've seen women be just read as the like, room. Women are very, I think that women actually don't read the room more because they talk more. So when they're uncomfortable, mm. they over talk. They also are very forward and inappropriate with men. When they think they're attracted to a man, they'll be overtly sexual. And then the man can't be overtly sexual to them. Or like I've seen women just be very aggressive and they think that they can just That's touch okay, or, you're a woman. Let me see your yeah. phone or let me, you know what I'm saying? And you just all in, like, because if a man reach up and like, let me see your phone, I'm slapping the shit out of you. Like, what are we doing? Not, yeah, that's, We're not yeah, promoting hitting sure. anybody you guys it's just a you have to say that you know i do have to say that you see that we believe in peace here <laughs> girl it's still gonna be in the comments <laughs> the peace and the steel yes so um but um anyways i thank you so much for just even contributing to that part of it's such a vulnerable conversation and you've even kind of expressed that you're really having that conversation for the first time with me so I um i hope that i made it a safe place for you, you did, girl um and i got your consent before we had this con- conversation yes. so i'm um, just really i think that consent is very sexy and that if we're talking about how to do better about certain things as adults with our kids and their sexuality, as well as teaching our children, teach them to get consent from everything. Is this okay for you? Is this okay for you? So even when you're talking to your your young boys, they're going to constantly ask, hey, is this okay for you? And asking people how they feel after something. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't remain ignorant to someone's emotions, even if they're trying to keep them, keep you out of it. Make sure that you are being responsible for how you, you know, are in a room and Mm -hmm. I personally only deal with people that have boundaries. I have no time to read your mind about if I'm doing something that may offend you or, you know, if it's not okay. Like, I don't want to have to do the digging, you know? So, um, so thank you for that. Hey, you guys hope you're enjoying the show. I just had to stop by and let you know that if you have not ordered your thigh high socks from sexual essentials, you're behind. I know how it feels to buy lingerie and you say, Ooh, I'm gonna be real sexy and put it on. And it's sitting in the back of your drawer collecting dust let me tell you the thigh high socks are just so convenient they're super sexy and they're actually comfortable so instead of feeling like you have to make that large leap into lingerie try the thigh high socks your partner gets to see you looking sexy as well as yourself and they're super comfortable don't forget to use our code njasp for 15 percent off tell your friends and make sure that you get your favorite color before they're gone all right now back to the show Um, But I would like us to get into the advice segment of this. And the advice segment of the show is coming from a course called the Positive Sexual Criticism course um, that I offer with my business, Sexual Essentials. And you can get that class for free 
um, by joining our email list below. Um, when you join the email list, it um, is going to be sent to you. And then if you would like to be able to watch it at any time, you can also watch it on our Patreon. But ultimately, this class is my advice to people that don't know how to talk about sex, period. One of the reasons that we don't know how to talk to our children is because we barely know how to talk to our adult that partners part. mm -hmm. about our own sexual pleasure and the things that we want to change or you know, I always get asked by men, how do you tell your woman like you want to have more sex or it's not enough or you need something different or actually the way you're writing me doesn't feel good or I don't want to have sex right now, but it's not because I'm not attracted. How do you talk about these things that mm -hmm. can feel like criticism when it's a vulnerable conversation such as sex and intimacy? How do you have that without not arguing? And if you feel like I maybe did a great job of having this conversation, then that's just a preview of how you can learn to say anything while still being kind and still getting off what you need to say and and ultimately getting what you want. So um, the advice for today is to make sure that you sign up to our email list or join our Patreon um, where you can get this class um, sent to you, which is a positive sexual criticism. Of course. I love that. Yeah. So um, it's super handy. And I tell couples like, I'm going to email you about when we have events and stuff like that and be around more like-minded things. But mm -hmm. just for the class, you can sign up and unsubscribe if you don't want yeah, to. Yeah. But the class itself, a lot of people don't have the verbiage, the communication, the words, the phrases to not be offensive and still convey what it is they want to. Mm -hmm. um, and so this show is about the tools and the resources, you know, to change your life. So giving those things, right? Um, and then we are going to leave off with the spiritual tip of the day. Okay. Um, and the spiritual tip of the day is about... Um, like all the witchy energy, crystal, tarot, astrology, all that stuff that's always being said, um, not necessarily the religion portion, but the spirituality part mm -hmm. where it's kind of confusing because we really skipped over that growing up, like depending on the household. Like if you're religious, a lot of times you weren't really raised religious and spiritual. Right. It's right? one or the other. Mm -hmm. um, even when you talk about ancestors, I saw like there was like a, re a religious like. Was it a pastor? And they were like, oh, I don't know about my ancestors. I said, you know, like your grandma that passes your ancestor, right? They just came before you and they ain't living no more. You know, she's your grandma while she's here, but now she's your grandma ancestor. And y'all always got, you know, y'all grandma face tatted on your arm. So you think that you would acknowledge that she was an ancestor, but that's no, neither here nor no, there. No, that's witchcraft. Um, <laughs> that's witchcraft. So um, there's all these different spiritual things. Um, and a lot of times that's just ignorance. And a lot of people don't understand or it gets overused or used incorrectly. So we have the spiritual tip of the day where we just give you one tidbit, something to learn, or um, we do it together. So that way we can do better about spirituality in like five minutes. Okay. Right? So I had you, um, we, you know, kind of sat next to each other, like we like each other mm -hmm. and we pulled two tarot cards um, before the show. Um, and I got this from um, the first time that I had a tarot card pulled. It was from another black woman's show, um, Good Moms, Bad Choices. And I was on their show. And ever since then, every now and then I, um, Ever since then, I've gotten into tarot. And so now every now and then I'll show, I'll pull it. Um, I'm just always really grateful for other people's platforms, for like introducing you to something oh, yeah. different. Um, and really that black women are introducing me into new ways of thinking and guiding with the nurturing, mothering spirit that sometimes we didn't get as a child. Like I feel like our parents do the best that we can, but now we're nurturing and mothering each other, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that that's really cool. Um, so um, for today, we pulled the Four of Swords. Um, and the three of wands. Um, so the key words for the four of swords is rest, restoration, and contemplation. Um, and the synopsis of it is rest after a period of intense struggle and heartbreak. Much has been lost recently, but this card indicates that one is in recovery from that challenge. The message being conveyed here is that in order to move forward and rejoin life, we must pause and look within. Um, and then with the card, the three of wands... We have um, the keywords being looking around, expansion, and rapid growth. Um, and the synopsis of that one is represents the transformation of dreams into concrete plans and preparation for action. As you look forward to the possible obstacles in your path, you remain dedicated to your pursuit and ready to traverse your boundaries. Um, and so... Um, both of those cards, um, if you've ever pulled one of those, that is what the meaning of those cards mean when you pull them. Um, for me... Um, the four of the four of um, swords. I feel that way. I've been really busy with the content house and creating the podcast. I know that you've been in entertainment, like you said, in entrepreneurship for over ten years. Um, and I have some of that time, but the podcast is new, mm -hmm. and the content house is new, and so I am tired. Yes. I'm exhausted, um, and I definitely feel like I've come to like a stop. So I resonate with that card, and then 
I resonate with the other one as well. Like I feel like a lot of my dreams are starting to transform and the thoughts and the plans that I need to really make them come to fruition are um, beginning to come to me um, along with that. And that I think that's the the sign that some of the struggle for me is ending because Ooh. ideas are, you know, coming Flourishing. along. Yes. yes. Um, but do either of those cards resonate with you at all? Definitely the first one. I feel, um, I, obviously I just had a, child four months ago and any and you look so good girl thank you girl but look at you well thank you don't <laughs> thank you very much. look uh, i'm sitting here like, look here uh, no you look um, amazing but i feel like i was about to say anytime i go through this like i got so many kids i only have this is only my second time going through it <laughs> but i feel like the the postpartum period for a woman mm-hmm. is just so it's just a fertile time i feel yeah. like it's a fertile time for things to develop it's a fertile time for um, bad things to develop if you are tapping too much mm. into, you know, like the 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 not the so negative. fun side of postpartum. Um, but I think this is a great time for things to grow. And so for sure, I can relate to that first one of like the breaking off of um, the struggle. Like, I feel like the, the struggle is starting to end and just the beauty is coming through. So I'm excited. I really appreciate you saying that. Um, I, I only have the one. Um, are you having more? I- <laughs> we'll wait till you come on my show. Okay, don't answer that. Don't answer that. We'll talk later. Um, I've shared some of my thoughts um, on other episodes about um, having more, right? And my the biggest thing I've always brought up is the fears around the postpartum and the postpartum and knowing what type of struggle that you could possibly... You're flipping a coin. Every time you get pregnant, you're flipping a coin on... If the pregnancy lasts, if it's going to be a safe pregnancy, if you guys are both going to survive that pregnancy during delivery, and it's a flip of a coin. One day you have a son, he could be in jail, not be in jail. Like, you know, it's everything is a flip of a coin with childhood. Like it could either go one way or another. And I've always talked about the postpartum part just being my scariest part because I think, um, and not think, but I went through so many other transformations in life while going through postpartum. It was... um, I'm very grateful to be on the other side um, because it just, it was so many things wrapped up in that postpartum that my body recognizes postpartum as a trigger of all those bad things that was going on, which makes me fearful to have more Mm -hmm. children. But I've never thought about the perspective that I'm fertile overall, not my, not just fertile to the bad things, but fertile to more creativity and more village and all the good parts of that. So even you just saying that kind of just gave me a little bit of peace that you're focusing on that, but everything is going to be fertile about you after you have a child. So do you also not want to have access to that? Right. Um, and you know, the fear of how you're going to look, but damn, you sitting on my couch looking good Girl, as hell. To the okay. Lord. Praises to the Lord. Looking amazing. Like I literally had no idea. Like I knew you had um, two that were younger, but four months is like, Girl, oh damn, I ain't baby, even back baby. to work yet. But look here. I love that for you. Um, how Girl. are you doing? Everyone's still alive. That is like my universal answer. Everyone is alive. Me and my husband are like hanging on by a thread, but he's literally four months. You can start like sleep training. So we're getting to that point where like a schedule, I see a schedule in my future. Mm. So I feel like we're over the hump. hump. Yes. Thank God. Good. I love that. We'll see how long I can stay. I'm pregnant. We'll see. <laughs> well, you look good. So I don't thank know how girl, long. Girl. I, I don't know. Um, but with that being said, thank you so much for just even taking the time, peeling away from home. And I'm glad that you got dressed up and yes, you look great. For and good then, reason. you know, got your little glass of champagne. I, I just, I love to hear just you having a moment um, and for us to have this, you know, even though it's not girl talk TV, I'll be, I'll be there soon. Yes, but, come on down. Um, but still having that girl talk on the couch with me. Um, thank you for just letting us be able to curate an episode around the work that you do and just contributing to the entertainment and women in radio. So I'm super proud of you. Um, we ran into each other at the Millennial Mommies yes. Brunch. Um, so shout out to Brie Harmon for hosting that. So um, I'm just, I'm excited to be in the city and I'm excited to, you know, come and talk to you as well. So. Thank you. And we got to shout out Rachel because she oh, made yes. this connection. First of all, I love Rachel. Rachel um, went to FAMU. She's a Rattler as well. You know, she's in the cult. And um, I bought her first travel book. I always knew that I did not want to work for somebody else. And she had this um, travel book about how you can make money traveling. She was one of the Mm -hmm, first people to mm -hmm. do it, like before it was a thing, had the book out and everything. Like everybody else was making their travel content and she had already like retired. And that's just so badass. Um, I fucking love it. So um, thank you so much to all of you guys. And please tell everyone where they can find you, how they can reach you or tap in with you. And we'll drop those links below so you guys don't have to. 
you know, stop driving. Yeah, but. so I'm Coriel across the whole internet, all social platforms at Coriel. You can watch Girls Stop Playing um, by logging on to girlsstopplaying.com, no G. Um, and on Instagram, we're at girlsstoptv. Okay, and we will make sure we have both of those or your link tree um, yep. all in one spot there. Um, thank you guys so much. Um, make sure that you follow the SE Content House. Um, again, make sure that you reach out, DM us um, about renting the space or even just following us if you just want to come to more events, meet more people, or just even if you're a mom or a single woman or a married woman, you just need time to get away and look nice. Make sure you check us out for our events and so much more. Um, Corio going to bring her book club here and Girl, have it yes, in the library. I'm doing all the things. It's beautiful. Okay. It is Yes. You got to do like a, you did like a tour, yeah. like on your Patreon or something? We got to do that. You, have to you know, do I'm that. just here. I just got back. Um, now I'll be here for the summer. So, okay. okay. Um, yeah. So we'll be tapping in. Okay. So, um, and you know, we do op- the houses open bars. So, like, you can have events and things like that. So, a lot of times people see the luxury, but we went the full way. So, um, if you guys have an event or a brunch or anything that you want to do, check, you know, check us out. Um, and make sure that you follow the podcast, um, not just another sex pod. Please make sure that you join the Patreon, you guys. Um, you watching this show and listening to it costs you nothing, um, but we still have bills to pay. Um, so please make sure that you support us, get your thigh high socks. Um, even if you just share, rate, or review the podcast, it goes a long way. So thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in and making space for us in this conversation today. And we will see you next time. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode. Thank you for keeping an open mind and joining me in creating a safe place for others to share their truth. Make sure that you're following Not Just Another Sex Podcast wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss our weekly episodes. But also, if you want to keep the conversation going, make sure that you follow us on Instagram, Not Just Another Sex Pod, as well as sexual.essentials. Don't forget to sign up to my Patreon. The link is in the description of this episode. Not only do you get access to my personal life through my close friends and things like that, but I also have almost 300 classes, workshops, private group chats, hands-on demonstrations, interviews, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want more from me, then that's absolutely where you need to be. If you would like to support this podcast, make sure that you rate and review and make sure that you share this episode with your family and friends. I'll see you next week.